What's going on, everyone? We're here at one of the many luxury hotels here in Vegas with none other than Beyond Duke Cabin Galley. Fee, I want to ask you how your day's going and everything, but my very first question is, did you hear how the announcers announced your name yesterday in the <laughs> arena when they were uh, when they're announcing the starting lineup? I ain't gonna lie. When I I think I fouled somebody, yeah. and then I I, cut, I I didn't I didn't overhear them in the starting starting lineups, right? So I kept it going. But when I fouled somebody and they said like my fondue, I'm like, man, this is about to be my third year, and y'all still can't get it right. Okay, that was kind of funny. So he probably had to say your name about eight times right. during the during the course of the game, and each time it was different. Right. And each time was very wrong. Almost even more wrong than the time before that. Exactly. What's the worst pronunciation of your name have you heard? Uh, probably Mi Fiondu. That's probably, that's probably the worst one, Mi Fiondu. Because they just ignore it. They just, it just, they ignore so many letters. That's probably the worst one, Mi Fiondu. Mi Fiondu. <laughs> okay, well, Fiondu. Yeah. Um, again, we're here in Vegas in Summer League. Is this your second Summer League? My second Summer League, yes. Okay. Um, how has the... How has the experience been this time around, knowing what to expect versus maybe your first time in your rookie year? Uh, my first time with the Clippers, I was just, you know, just super excited. I wanted to go out, show out, uh, do what I can, put on a show. And this time, I'm, I'm, I'm more calculated. I know what, what to expect, what I want to show out, what I want to show to these coaches, what I can bring going into training camp. So it's much more calculated going around this time. So um, talking about the Clippers, your draft night was kind of hectic. Right. <laughs> How does it, from you know the average fan perspective, it's it happens all the time, right. multiple times per draft. Right. X team selects so and so, and then Woj tells us immediately, no, he's going somewhere else. Yeah. What's it like actually being in that position? Did you, do you know beforehand when the picks in that yeah. something's happening, or what was it like to live through that? So when I was sitting down in the green room, um, the picks were going through, and I was just sitting down, and my agent, uh, it was probably it was right after the 26th pick with the. Ironically, the Cavaliers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tapped my shoulder and said, "Hey, this is you're up next." I'm like, and I got really excited. I'm like, "All right," but he didn't tell me when. He didn't tell me who. He said it's gonna be L.A. And I thought we said, I thought they meant Lakers. He's like, yeah. no, Clippers. <laughs> so I was super excited then. Yeah. So I got the Clippers, and then I saw the pick, and it said Brooklyn. He said, "Oh, Brooklyn's gonna pick for for the Clippers. Yeah. They made a trade uh, for you. They really want you." And I was just like, "Wow." So wow. it, it kind of just it kind of happened so fast. So like they get, they get, my agent kind of lets you know in advance. Yeah. And you kind of once before you get the hat, you kind of know what's going what's going to happen from that point on. Right. So the the draft process. What's something that people don't really talk about going into draft day that uh, you thought was maybe challenging or was really cool or um, that you would kind of keep your eye out for the next people coming along. Um, I would say this. Everybody's always watching. Like, when you think no one's watching, they're watching. Wherever you go, wherever you do, however you eat, how you carry yourself, they're always watching. So I remember when I was going to my workouts, you know, they, these GM would take you out to eat, and they would just see how they, what they're seeing is how you carry yourself when you go eat, like your habits. So, you know, if you get a salad, you get the steak, you go crazy. And they'll tell you sometimes, like, I remember one time my rookie, I forgot what team you were, and they said they brought Joel Embiid for a dinner, and Joel got, like, four or five stakes was going crazy and they were like you know he's still a talented player yeah. but it, they observe that they want to right. see it so every little thing you do they watch for it right. and obviously the travel is a lot i did i did 11 workouts uh mm -hmm. for 11 teams during pre-draft so it was a lot but the travel but the main thing i can tell any young guy coming up into the game is they watch everything and they do their research what's the difference between draft uh versus draft workout number one mm -hmm. versus draft workout number 11 
the draft workout number one, you're extremely nervous. You want to, you want, you want to have those workouts where they, you know, they they promise you the next day, like, oh, this, you're you're our guy. Yeah. Draft number eleven, you know, you're almost like, all right, I'm ready to get ready for the draft because it's yeah. so exhausting. Because you might go from Boston to L.A. to San Antonio, you know, to Cleveland. You never know. So number eleven is is, is more of a relief because you you finally finished all the yeah. workouts. You met every single coach, right. and you can sit back and be like, all right, this is the best I could have done. Now it's time for draft night. Uh, part of your draft experience is that you got to come into the league with a good friend of yours, Terrence Mann. Um, and obviously Terrence Mann had a tremendous playoffs this year. What was it like to go through the NBA process in L.A. with one of your good friends? It was amazing. I remember when I got drafted, um, I was going through media, doing all those things, and num the round two just started. Yeah. And uh, Lawrence Frank called me on the phone. He's like, how would it feel if we got your man Terrence? And I'm like, it'd be crazy. And then he's like, okay, we'll see. And then as I'm going around the corner, I look at the screen, and it was the Clippers picked, yeah. and they picked Terrence Mann, and I was just, like, ecstatic. Wow. That was like, Terrence is one of my best friends that I ever met yeah. at Florida State. And to have him with me in L.A., because, you know, first of all, L.A. is away from everyone that I know, right, all the way on the West Coast. So to have somebody right. with me, you know, who's going through what I'm going through, is going to experience what I experienced, yeah. it helped me so much, and I'm yeah. thankful for that for sure. Um, you know, unfortunately, you guys had to break up. You guys are in, in different spots now. Um, what have you learned since, uh, you know, the L.A. move to the Cleveland move? Uh, what's something that really, I guess, helped you since then? Uh, probably the biggest thing, I picked up a lot of things from the vets. They gave me a lot of game advice, how to carry yourself, how to be a pro, what these, what these teams are looking for in players to help them win. But going when I came to the Cavs, it was, it was almost like, a, re, a fresh restart. You know, it was a young team, guys my age, guys still figuring it out. You know, trying to win, trying to create winning culture. You know, Clippers are well established. They knew what they had a direction. They knew what they were going. So I was just kind of a, a soldier and following that. But over over here with Cleveland, it's just a new perspective. It's fresh. It's it's very exciting. The energy in the locker room is great. So when I went over the, the biggest shift for sure, just the energy. You know, yeah. the focus. We're trying to establish something new and different, right. and cement something that they're, they're they're a championship organization as well with the Cavs and what LeBron did. Yeah. But they're trying to reestablish that in, with this new group. So yeah. to join the Cavs and experience that was definitely refreshing. So you get drafted to the Clippers. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the, the summer where everything goes down. Right. PG's coming to town. Right. Kawhi signs five minutes later. Right. Um, I guess it kind of maybe accelerates the timeline for the team. Exactly. Was there anything that you had to pick up on the fly that you got to revisit in Cleveland? Like, um, like when I got drafted, Kawhi didn't make his decision or nothing, right? right? So the direction was, was a little different. And then once I got drafted, Kawhi, man, it kind of flipped it on his head. And it was like, all right, it's time to win now because you got all these – you have so much great talent there, so yeah. why not? And then coming to Cleveland, it was just – you know, you're trying to get in when you fit in. You're just trying to yeah. be there and help, you know, because this, this team is young and they're trying to figure things out. So when I got there, my whole objective was to how can I help this squad, yeah. you know. And, it, you know, we have a lot of scoring over here with DG and yeah. Colin. But my job, I wanted to go there was rebound, you know, defend, show that I'm like, I can be a versatile defender to rebound yeah. and help in other aspects of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you, you, you kind of went into a really cool situation. Sorry to keep going back to L.A., but you got to go into a cool situation. Doc Rivers is there, Peachy's right. there, Kawhi is there. Um, I actually remember, I think maybe after one of the first times you got to actually run with the team, it was an IG video from the Clippers. Like, right. hey, Fee, good job, man. What's it like? Uh, and also, I just watched a documentary on Doc as well. So um, how, 
like coming into the league to have such established people like that in your right. corner, what, what was maybe some advice or what was a, a big pick-me-up that you got along the way? Over um, there? I remember, I'll, I'll probably say, um, when I, I when I talked to Kawhi, yeah. I asked Kawhi, I'm like, how, what is it that gets you to where yeah. you get to? And obviously the answer is, you know, you got to work hard, yeah. do that. But he gave me a detailed example of right. what he does in his summer, what he eats, yeah. you know, how he carries himself, the stretching he does, the different kind of lifting he does. That's it's a very, lot of words for Kawhi. Yeah, a lot, right? <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm picking his brain. PG was the same way. I asked PG, I'm like, you went from, you, you got an MIP, you were fourth in MVP voting at OKC. Yeah. You know, what were the things that you did? He's like, you have to work. It's a long grind. Like, people forget, like, these guys have been doing it for about 10, 11 years now at the highest level. Right. These, like, a lot of these young guys came from college. They one year, did two years. Some of them did four. But that's four years of college ball. You know, these guys have done 10 years of, a le of NBA basketball. And the level of standard, the standard at which you have to maintain that, that's what, that's, that's what they kind of taught me about. They taught me, like, you have to stay at a certain level so you can make, keep making those improvements. You know, some guys get out of shape in the off season at the re-up and stuff those guys stay at a certain level the whole way through yeah. and grow All right. so if we lose the video it's because mist is starting to come down and uh my cameras might not do well actually Fee, we're gonna take two seconds okay. i'm gonna make sure everything's still rolling okay we just took a quick break make sure the cameras are all good um but i want to actually get to cleveland now uh and slightly right before you get to cleveland you were kind of stuck in like nba limbo for a little bit um can you refresh us on the timeline between? I, I believe you were traded from yes, the Clippers. I can, I can let you know. So, yeah. um, right, it was probably the day before the trade deadline. Yeah. You know, they sat me down and said we're going to see in Sacramento, and I was like, okay. You know, it was, it, they were really professional about it. They let me know. I really appreciate everything they've done for me. So they just yeah. sat me down and said we're going to see in Sacramento. So you grab your, you grab, you pack all you can in, yeah. in your suitcase. And, you know, all your clothes and the necessities. You'll grab other stuff later. Yeah. And then you, I hop on. Um, I drove to Sacramento. Right. I was in a hotel. Got to meet the team. Yeah. I was there for a couple of days, and then just because of the cap situation, they had to let me go. Mm -hmm. So I was I was waived, and I was probably I was I was a free agent for about a week. Yeah. And then my agent let me know about the Cavs. You know, they're one they're they're really interested in me. You know, they liked me during the draft as well. So right. it, it was I, I just it, it felt like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So they put me on a 10-day contract. You know, um, got to Cleveland as as fast as I could. I met the whole staff. It was interesting enough. Like, first day I got there, I'm on a 10-day contract. Coach JB sits me down in his office, and we just talk. Mm. And I was I was just super excited to have that experience because you know, as a 10-day contract guy, you just trying to get in, but right. to have the head coach, you know, talk to you, see see how he sees how you can help the team. Yeah, it gave me a lot of confidence going into practice and into games. And you know, as the games went on, our practice went on. I didn't really get as much, get in as a lot, and you know, you a little anxious and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you, I got in a little bit, right. played as well as I could, rebounded, you know, blocked a couple of shots, made a couple of shots. And then, you know, you, you get a rhythm here and there. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as, as the days wind down at, at the end of your 10-day contract, you know, you get a little more anxious, like, oh, they're going to give me another yeah. one. And then my agent let me know they're going to give me another one, yeah. and I was super happy about that. Mm -hmm. And I just maintained that rhythm and kept it going throughout that whole season, and it kept me down for the whole season. Yeah. And I played as best as I could, and I'm really happy to be here. And then um, going into the off season. They offered me a two-year deal, which I'm super happy for. Mm -hmm. And they kind of gave me some room to really uh, grind out of that and earn it, you know, earn my keep out of these two years. Right. So I'm super excited about the opportunity with them. So the week downtime that you have between mm -hmm. your release and the Cavs' interest, yeah. 
you have a strong head during it? Were you oh, nervous? Yeah. How do you go about that process? I mean, after you get all the text messages and the phone calls about, hey, keep your head up, you know, you, you know mom's calling you, dad, you know, coaches and everybody, it's okay, you, you'll get another chance. I'm like, you understood, you know, you understood things were out of your control. Right. That, was, that was the main thing I understood. Like, there were things that were just out of my control, right. and I was okay with that. I just knew, I knew what kind of player I was. And, you know, it was, I mean, I, I kept a good, strong headspace. You know, the, of course, thoughts run through your mind about, you know, what's going, what's happening next. Because it, it was midseason. Things, things are moving. Teams are either going towards the playoffs, playing game, you know, or gearing towards something else. So, you know, a lot of it goes through your mind. But I kept a good, I kept good faith. I kept working throughout that whole week. I was lifting, you know, lifting, getting shots up. You know, shout out to my trainers out there in Los Angeles who helped me a lot throughout that week. And they helped me, you know, help me stay. It helped me stay busy. Cause when you just sit there, you're not doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a little hard. But I stayed busy. I just stayed grinding. And then the call came, and I was out. Oh yeah. So you get this. You go through the 10 day process, mm. the second 10 day process, and then if you finish out the year, and then you get a deal. Mm. Um, was there like a sort sort of validation from? getting that second contract because the first one obviously you get drafted that's a huge deal but the second one is hey i'm staying right there, there's a sense of, the big the biggest feeling i can tell you is probably the sense of relief yeah. you know you put a lot of pressure so the way you work the way you carry yourself where you eat sleep train you know and to have that materialize into a contract is a sense of relief because it, it, it let it let it let it let me know that i'm going in the right direction and they see a lot in me because they don't just start giving, they don't give that to anybody, right? So I appreciate the opportunity they gave me. So I, and when I first got it, I was just a sense of relief, yeah. for sure. So I want to go back to FSU for a little bit, mm. um, because I believe it was, you might have been the first, or maybe there would have been one other guy before you, but we see this pattern now of the sixth man at All FSU. Right getting drafted in the first round. I started that. You started it. Started okay, so you started it. Um, how do you how do you navigate that situation knowing I'm coming off the bench, right. but I could still be an NBA player? Like, was that, like, how did, and and especially, yeah. sorry, well, I'll let you go in a second, but especially in your circumstances, you were coming off the bench that second year, uh, and you were still leading the team in several categories, including yeah. points. Um, is it just like I have to check my ego aside kind of thing, or how do you, how do you get into that sort of headspace, and did you think it was going to pay off like it did? Um, I remember that summer, right, um, it, we had the option to either go home or stay on campus, and I decided to stay on campus to get more work in. And we're probably, I'm working with my coach, uh, CY, and we're probably about a week in, and I'm making some good strides, and he's telling me, he's like, Chief, you keep going like this, you're going to be a pro. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time, I mean, you dream about it every day, but that was the first time someone outside your family yeah telling you like hey you can be a pro and it, it you know every every week I made more and more progress and he said feet they're gonna call they're gonna start calling for you and I made so much progress that summer I remember we started uh preseason training camp and we had a scrimmage yeah. I played and we had a couple uh scouts come watch us play and I played so well I was super happy the way I yeah. played and my coach uh coach ham sat me down in his office yeah. like hey you got a chance to really do something but you have to stay focused and focus on the team first so you know, they were just they were just words and nothing really materialized. And then once training camp started, I remember when Coach Am said, "Hey, starters, come in." Everyone on the baseline, and no one obviously our guards went in. But when it came to the big, it was me and my, my friend Chris. Yeah. And you know, he's upperclassman. He's a, he's a big dog. Yeah. So he went up and he was starting, and that was it. It wasn't no conversation. Hey, for you come on the bench. Right. It was just like, it was his turn, and he started and he did what he did. Yeah. And I, I I whatever I got. 
I was gonna make the most of it. Yeah. So I remember Coach Ham kind of sat me down as like, hey, whatever I want you to be, whenever you get in there, be you. Right. That when he said that, that's gave me the green light to be aggressive. Right. So I would just with whatever minute I didn't play a lot. When it came to minutes, I wasn't I wasn't I didn't have I didn't leave my team in minutes. No. So I was just uber aggressive just to make things happen. And it just it just panned out because my energy was in the right place. I was trying to win games. I wasn't trying to get a certain stat or yeah. you know showcase certain. I was just trying to win games. You know, rebound, set good screens, make the shot. You know, right. post up stuff like that. And it just manifested into some bigger and bigger. Yeah. And my confidence grew more and more. And it just grew and grew. And then I probably say after the Duke game, yeah. that's when I was like, okay, I really got a chance because RJ, Zion, and Cam. Yeah. We're about top 10 picks, right? right? Projected. And I played well against them. And in my head, I'm like, if I can play with y'all, where do I stand? Yeah. And I was, and that time, ACC was the best conference in basketball, in my yeah. opinion. So we're, there was so much talent over there. And I, we were competing. We were the number two seed yeah. in the ACC. And I was like, all right, if I can compete with these guys, I know I, I know I'm, I belong up top. And then when, once the season ended, went to the Sweet 16, which was okay, I'm happy for and once season ended, I'm sitting down, and I'm like, okay, I'm very – I did, I was still in limbo which are where I went, wanted to go. And then th thankfully, you know, Coach Z kind of opened my eyes about certain yeah. things, you know, because the coaches were open about it. Like, hey, what do you, they were like, what do you want to do? And yeah. I, I, I was looking for more guidance. I'm like, because I was like, the more comfortable route is to go to, back to college and, you know, yeah. cement yourself more. But, you know, you can't miss an opportunity like that in the league. So talking to Coach Z, he kind of opened my eyes about certain things. Coach Gates helped me out. Yeah. And they said, try it out, man. See where you see where you stand. And I, you know, we did the whole pre-draft thing. And, um, my coaches, my coaches getting calls from certain teams. They're like, oh, we got him here, we got him here. And my projection at that time was late first, early second round. And I just didn't like the early. I didn't want to go second round because yeah. I, I might as well go back to school, right? Yeah. And then as the pre-draft was going on and more, more towards the combine, a lot of people, a lot majority of teams were saying, yeah, he's a first-round guy. Yeah. And once I kind of got that confirmation, especially from my my agent. Uh, my coaches and other other people around me. That's when I'm like, I'm gonna keep my name in the draft and I'm gonna go with it. So that's how it kind of panned out from there, and now I'm here. What about the mindset of being a sixth man in college when you have sort of not only these expectations for yourself, but it's kind of clear that you are one of the five best guys yeah. on the court. What what conversations did you have with yourself, or who told you what that kept you grounded, saying? Because you're not looking back at the coach every time you hit a three. Nah, be like, it was hey. Like, it was like, my, I had a, such a great group of guys. Yeah. Like, everyone knew what it was. Like, it was just a ma it was just a ma it was just logistics, right? Yeah. But everyone was confident in me. Like, Terrence, Chris Kumaji, Ter Trent Forrest. Everyone, everyone knew what it was. They believed in me. Yeah. So I never had doubts about, oh, I should be starting. Because there was so much good energy. And we were winning. Yeah. If we were losing, it might have been. But we were winning. So I'm like, I don't want to mess this up. This is We're doing something good. Coaches were happy, everyone was happy, and I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna mess up this this ship. I'm gonna keep riding with this. I'm gonna keep whatever role this is. Cause now, it was crazy enough because I was a six man. I became the leader for other guys because now if it's like, if players are complaining about minutes or certain, like look at Fee, he's doing this, and so I became like an example. So everyone kind of stayed at a certain, they kind of stayed even keel, especially when it came to minutes and stuff like that. Because I was able to take this big sacrifice, yeah. so it, was, it actually helped me a lot. Because I want, I always wanted to be a leader of the squad and lead, and it kind of helped me a lot to be that guy, especially kind of the bench. Because guys were like, "Okay, if he can do it, I should, I should, yeah. I shouldn't complain. I should go hard, just how he is going hard." Okay. Do you think Patrick? Uh, what's his name? Patrick. Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams uh, sorry, yeah, Patrick Williams and Scotty Barnes. <laughs> hey. 
Do you think they thank you, or do you think they're like, hey, man, this guy should just pick the starter? All I, all I got to say is the six-man role started with me, yeah. and all I got to say, I, I had to lead my team in scoring, right? Scotty and them boys, they did their thing, and they and they, they went crazy. I'm just glad that NBA scouts are realizing that you don't got to be a starter yeah. or a certain, you don't got to put up 25 or none. I didn't put up humongous numbers. I was just super efficient yeah. in the time that I was in there. So I feel like Scotty and Patrick Williams, they did the exact same thing. And I think they almost passed that because they showcased certain level. They have, they have their own skill set, right, yeah. that NBA teams are attracted to. Yeah. And I feel like they showcased that in such a high level in, yeah. short, in a short amount of time that it manifests into them being those top five, top five picks. Fee, you've been really generous with the time. I want to ask you one more question. We're kind of a Canadian. We, I'm a kind of, kind of Canadian-based sort of. I like yeah. to keep it emphasis on Canada. Um, and like I was saying in a couple other videos, really unprecedented time, especially for the GTA talent of basketball. You, Iggy, um, you know, we got Shea, the, the walkers over there. You got AJ and Brampton. You got Tristan. You, got, you have a ton of Canadians from probably a 30-minute radius of where you grew up. Have you guys had a chance to reflect on that? Or what's the – is there an inner community of the Canadian? Do you guys have a group chat with all 25 of you, or how's that? I would, I would say this. Every time I see them, it's, it's so funny because I don't see Tristan a lot. Um, I don't see Shay a lot. I, mean, I see him here, but when I see them, it's always love, yeah. and it's and it, it, it's, it's a mutual respect because when you are a player and you make it to the NBA and you're from Canada, every player kind of went through the same kind of barriers to yeah. get to where they are. So there's a general respect for each other. Yeah. So every time I see them, it's always love. Tristan's always love. I remember when I saw Tristan mid-season. Yeah. He was with Boston the other time. Yeah. Can locker room showed mad love, right. and I really appreciate it. So every time I see a Canadian, it's always great. You know, we don't got a group chat yet, but yeah. we're gonna work <laughs> on it. Yeah. Also, uh, Simi and Caleb in that mix as well. Okay. I'm trying not to forget everyone, but there's 25. You know, there's too many. You guys got to stop making the NBA. Right. All right, Fee, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate really it. appreciate it. Beyond Duke, Kevin Yelly.